Okay, you feel ready. We got the gel in the hair. Are you good? No, I had nightmares about this last night. So, oh, yeah, no. Was... Did you really? No, not really. Um, yes. No, it's a, it's a waking nightmare. I woke up and now I'm in it. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Pushing Past Polite. Where we're in spooky season and we're way too close to Keith's worst nightmare. And we make Keith squirm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Keith, are you going to do the intro? Yeah. Do you want to? Welcome to Push My Ass Where we talk, well, other people talk about what matters and make the world more just. And I occasionally appear for comic relief. I'm Keith. I'm Laura. I'm Corey. And we can't stop laughing, but we're so glad you're all here. It's a Keith episode. It is. It's like episode three Costco where you just drop in. This you actually planned for. There's no backwards hat. You zhuzhed up the front of the banks. And we're we're <laughs> we're lucky for it. Um, so if you're just joining us this morning and this is your first time hearing this mysterious voice, this is our illustrious, wonderful, no truly, very good human, good friend, producer Keith. And he's joining us because of the topic we've chosen to cover. Welcome, Keith. I'm here against my will again. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That only works the first time. If you return to your captors. This is true. Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. Like you sent the link to this, so. <laughs> you were ready. So in the course of our conversations and becoming friends, better friends, um, Keith and I realized that we shared an experience and we have not talked in any detail prior to today about that experience. So, Keith, you have full right of refusal on any edits you realize you don't want to talk about afterwards. But we realized that we both not only were children of divorce, which is not that uncommon, right? I mean, it's pretty high percentage uh, of marriages end that way. But we are both, they, we were adult children of divorce. So it occurred in our adulthood when our parents split. And so that to me was an interesting dynamic I don't know many other people that have had that experience. Often it's when they're kids, right? And so I was curious about how, um, how that played out and how that impacts you. So how old were you when your parents split? It's 2017. So I was in my mid-30s. They okay. were, my dad was in his 70s and my mom was close to it. Okay. I was a little younger. Uh, I was in my early 20s just having, you know, come out of college and started my career. And my parents then, 50, 30 years older, so more in their 50s, early 60s range. Um, so still some good life in them, ready for our next chapter, which fully get and support. Um, was this a surprise to you? Like, how would you characterize your parents' marriage up until that point? It's weird. So the way that it happened, the final dissolution was really, it, it came out of nowhere. To me, it was a surprise. Mm -hmm. But my parents had separated a couple times um throughout their marriage they've been together for 40 years they separated yeah. once when i was in grade school and then they separated once again like right after i got out of high school they had patched up each time mm -hmm. and moved on but this last time was was very final and very different in a lot of ways hmm. yeah i we did not i don't remember any periods of separation in our house but similarly it wasn't like any there hadn't I, I did not live in a house filled with trauma or lots of yelling or arguing 
I'm, I'm making that assumption, but it sounds like, you know, pretty easygoing until some breaks. But yeah, I, I had a fairly normal childhood. Again, was it the most, you know, the perfect marriage? No, but they each had their lanes. My mom was a homemaker and took care of us as kids. My dad went, made the money, was the breadwinner, and then would come home and have his hobbies on the weekend. And she was always with us. So, um, you know, not necessarily the perfect model, but there was never knockdown drag outs, nothing like that. Um, similar for you? Oh, not really. They, my parents did fight a lot. They both had mm. um, their own issues. I don't know how much detail I want to give, but no, you know, that's my fair. mom struggled with mental health um, and my dad struggled with other things. But again, it wasn't like there was no violence or abuse. They just argued right. a lot. And it was similar to your, my dad was the major breadwinner. He worked in construction and soils and he even did septic system work. Like he literally worked in dirt and shit for 12 or 13 hours mm -hmm. a day worked really hard mm -hmm. my mom did what she could she was just a high school graduate so she there were periods where she would be home with us but for the most part my brother and I were latchkey kids so mm -hmm. we always really saw them in the house together for you know a couple hours a day a few hours mm -hmm. a day and they would still find time to to fight occasionally things seemed to get better though as they got older and me and my brother left the house Maybe it's just because I wasn't around as much, but it seemed like they were getting better. Well, and while you are a lovely human, and I'm sure your brother is too, kids are stressors in a relationship. And how Corey? old were your parents when you they all got married? When Keith, when your parents got married, and Laura, when your parents got married, how old were they? My mom was 19 and my dad was 22. So. That's that extremely is young. young. It is. And yet for that generation, probably not crazy young, a little right. young maybe for that generation. My parents were older, uh, again, for that generation, not old by any stretch of the imagination. I want to say like 26, 27. Um, and then they didn't have kiddos. I was the first one and I came, you know, about five years later. So, yeah, no, that's, is there, was there an implication of that, Corey, you were thinking of in terms of? Well, he, he was saying that as they got older, mm -hmm. the things like they stopped arguing as much, right? And so as you mature sometimes you realize you pick your battles differently you, right. you don't want to fight as much but when you're a kid 19 20 22 25 28 <laughs> you might be more interested and in, you don't have the communication skills in the same way especially you haven't had an opportunity to develop them um, in relationships when you're 19 yeah yeah prefrontal cortex is not firmly developed right right so and so you're like your people are growing up together and mm. so they're growing up using the skills that they were taught or observed, but you're growing up together. And so as they continue to grow up, maybe that's part of the reduction in the fighting because for whatever reason, it's like it's not worth it, not worth the energy or the effort or whatever. But they grew up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, that makes sense. Well, and then your parents were married for a while before they had kiddos too, right? My parents? Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were older when they had my brother... I'm trying to do the math right now, but they had to be in their 30s when they had my brother. This is not a um, mental math podcast. Take your deep breath. You do not need to justify your lifetime. There's <laughs> my calculator. I have a calculator around here. Carry the one new millennium. Okay. No, you don't have to do any of that. <laughs> um, no, you know, in terms of maturing and growing up, I, I, that's what I had, I guess, assumed my mom um, got you know, healthcare. And she really, my mom was a very different person when I was mm -hmm. uh, younger versus when I was an adult. She's so different now. I love her to death, but 
that I think was part of it, but also the way that things ended between them. I think that they didn't really fix things that things were just sort of, they learned to avoid certain things mm-hmm. or how to just deal with it silently. And then eventually um, came to a head. Yeah. I mean, it was really one-sided. It's different for, for me. I should, I I'm, I'm coming at this sort of obliquely, so I should just probably lay it out. So my parents lived together in New Jersey in like a small house. I'd go visit them pretty regularly during the summer, especially I'd go to the beach, I'd hang out with my parents. Sometimes I would stay over. So one time I went on a Friday night, I stayed over at their house. I was going to go to the beach in the morning, woke up and my dad wasn't there. And I asked, I'm like, where's dad? And my mom sort of like brushed it off. I was like, go to the beach. It's fine. And then later that night, she finally talked to me and I still don't have all the details. She's been very slow giving it, but she said, your dad's not coming home ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out he had met a woman through a colleague at work and had a relationship with her and was sleeping on the couch. And then one day just decided I'm going to go live with her. Goodbye. And that mm-hmm. was it. So it was sort of, it's very, it was very one-sided between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is turning into a therapy session. I don't That's know. That's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, this is the first time I've really talked about it, but yeah, it was surprising because again, I had thought that maybe they were working things out and had settled on, in. On the, and, on the upswing, yeah, mm-hmm, portion. And it, turned, it turns out that at 70, my dad was like, I can't do this anymore and made the mm. most radical decision of his life. So right. it was really surprising. I am sorry that that, for the, for the way that that hits and impacts you as adult kid, that's probably a lot. And we can talk about that, I suppose, in a minute. Um, but thank you for sharing it. I just want to say that as your yeah. friend. Um, thank you. Interestingly, sim- some similar themes. Um, I remember picking up on where there was never a separation that I recall. There was definitely talk of, there were hints to me, right? So my mom had a very different, had a very separate life. She had her friend. She was very involved in church, hyper involved in church. My dad had no interest in that. And that was a point of tension between them because she was growing this direction and he was not interested in that. Um, but also too, I distinctly remember a couple of like the D word, right? The divorce word coming up a few different junctures throughout the marriage. And I remember seeing clues of my mom trying to become financially independent, which of course, as a woman, like I can appreciate that's a fear or could be a fear and could be something that, that keeps you in a relationship longer than you want to be. I remember her not only taking a job, but then trying to get a teaching certificate. And of course that involved coursework and online courses. And I remember her being really excited about what she could possibly do. And then realizing she was in over her head in terms of the difficulty Uh, either the format or the content, I don't really remember which, and being kind of down about that. Uh, Um, And again, I have empathy as a human. That would be really freaking hard. I also remember at one point my mom getting on some uh, medication for some mental health things as well, Keith, and feeling like they were having a really good like golden period right before everything fell apart. My parents were doing better than they ever had. And in that like golden moment with my mom on some medication is when I met my husband. We started dating. And so I remember being like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait. Like we would go over after dates and like hang out with them because I was so excited to show him like how great things were. And so when things did crash and burn, it was particularly like he had a front row seat to all of it. It was really both rough and showed a lot about who he was for showing up. You know, it was a lot. Yeah. 
Um, but my mom came off of those meds. She had a surgery, an elective surgery, and took herself off the meds and never wanted to go back on. And uh, so very quickly, things unraveled. All the positive progress that had been made um, unraveled. And first, it was even between she and I before even the divorce thing happened. I didn't like how she was talking to me, treating me. And so when I confronted Bernie, you know, my husband encouraged me to talk to her. And when I did, she's like, here's the doctor's number. You get on the medication. That was that conversation. And so our relationship started to fracture already. And then my dad How showed old up. were you? 21, 22. No, 22. Because mm -hmm. I met my husband at 22. Okay. Um, and so my, when my dad showed up on my doorstep in tears one day, with just the clothes he had on, that was it. That he had been thrown out of the house, police, whole deal. Like, oh my god! I at that point, I was like, I, you know, I was furious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Wow. I don't think I want to share too many of the details of that. To. I'm here. I'm happy to later. Wow. Um. So, I was so angry because I knew how she had alienated me. Mm -hmm. This is not. Let me say very clearly, my dad is no angel. Um, this is not like a very clear devil angel situation. Same for me. Yeah. But there are better, more healthy ways to end a situation than that. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, it was that same idea, that golden moment. And then things fell. But yeah. you guys, you were both pulled into it. Like you yes. were both pulled into it, like in the moments that it was happening. Like that has to be a lot for you all as the children being looped into this like very final and permanent breakup as it's happening in the midst of it you know mm -hmm. like I mean I can only imagine the dizzying feeling of seeing your dad on your doorstep in tears with the clothes on his back and like all of the antics that were around that that got that had him there that's it right and then you keep doing your standard visit home yeah mm -hmm. and then you know, discovering this. discovering this kind of in you saw him for the last time and you didn't know that you saw him for the for the last time of a period of time house. in that house. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just surprising for me. And then, you know, I don't want to make it about me. It's it, you. I really have complicated feelings about my dad was really hardworking, sacrificed really hard. My family didn't have a lot, but he felt like we had a quarter acre little house but he found a way to like install an above ground pool. We had bag cereal and we ate a lot of pasta and chili, but he would find a way to take us on a vacation. He's not a bad guy. Like you said, right. there's no angel or heroes here, but in this situation, he definitely is. My mom followed my dad around the country. He was the main breadwinner for the house. So she based her entire life on him mm. and followed him. She would get like a professional certification somewhere trying to get a career. And then my dad would say, nope, we have to move over oh. here. And then the, the cert wouldn't transfer across state lines and she'd be back. To square one. Her reward for 40 years of doing mm. that is watching him go off with another woman and she's alone in a house with a dog. So that's, it's yeah. horror. It's really, yeah. the, I, the complicated feelings are, that's what I'm left with. In this situation, I can't help but feel you're my dad. Cool. But you also did this to my mom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and then, that's, yeah. that's kind of where I'm still at. I don't know how you reconcile. I think because to my knowledge, infidelity was not a piece of uh, my parents breakup. 
I it's a little less weird for me in that sense that ultimately they evolved into different people. I mean, they met at a discotheque in the 70s. Of course, they evolved into different people. <laughs> um, you know, so I also think, too, like while divorce is hard and, you know, terrible in some respects, I think we're getting moving into a period culturally where people are normalizing a healthy end to something and then starting a new chapter. It's happening with our careers, right, where we're not just one thing for 30 years. Uh, you know, like I'm OK with saying, listen, this was a good run. You had two kids, you did whatever you did, you had some happy times. And let's kind of put a, a bookend on that. Uh, as hard as that is, if it were ended mutually and, and um, amicably, it was, it was the mm. mess of it that left me with so many complicated feelings because I just was left devastated. And then I'm caring for, which of course is not appropriate, that my dad needed to rely on me, right? But his drinking, him dating again in my house, you know, he lived with me. Like my college age sister came home from college to my house as a 22 year old girl. I'm it's like king of queens. It's like bizarre. You know, my boyfriend's sort of living here. My dad's sort of living here. It's not a big house, friends. I was a teacher. Um, so it was just it was wild. It was very complicated. But I have made peace because there was nothing so gray. I've made peace with the fact that it was what it was and it's over. It doesn't carry the divorce element does not carry over into my relationship with my parents now. It's much more of who they are and the way that we interact, me and that parent that carries over into our relationship now um, that impacts it much more so than the divorce. But I can see how for you that would feel different. Well, no, I completely agree. And I think that uh, your dad, if possible, could give my mom some dating tips because she seems to think that like I don't her, know, buddy. her dating life is over and I keep trying to convince her she looks good. She's in really good shape. She gets her hair dyed all the time. Like, Have she's... you seen The Golden Bachelor? That's pretty charming. No. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. You, you know were, I'm watching, watching that, that shit. I'm eating it up with a spoon. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Back to your mm -hmm. mom dating. dating tips. No, that's fine. Yeah, I just, she's always been kind of, she's not the most self-confident person. And she lives in one of those plus 55 communities. Girl, where, like, it's built in. Go have fun. Yeah, she's got Play like, yeah, like STDs spread wildly in there. Yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> it, it is not over, honey. Get yourself some, mm, drop her off a package of something. And <laughs> that's funny. I'm hoping that eventually she'll get to the point where she starts to see that this wasn't an indictment of her. You know? No. And she, she has a lot of life left to live, but. There are any um uh, elderly listeners out there, good looking uh let's within say, the vicinity of where sixty five seventy somewhere in central New Jersey. First of all, why why do they have to be sixty five seventy? Why can't they be sixty or fifty eight? Sure, if you're interested and available, and you're not a crazy person, uh, mom likes long walks on the beach, pickleball, <laughs> and her puppy. <laughs> Check out our socials. We'll post yeah. some, uh, some pictures. No, with we're her not permission. Do that. Oh God, no, he's dying. He's like, don't no, you hit on my mom. No, no, no but if guys, no, you can go to our socials, leave a comment, and send a gentlemen, message. Not just um, guys, gentlemen. Yeah, gentlemen, please. Keith will interview you and see if you're good enough mm -hmm. to pass it and along. And then Corey exactly. will interview you. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're going to have to go through multiple rounds because this is a fine woman we're talking about here. So. Oh, I, how sweet that you love your mama like Who that. We will not allow anyone to disrespect again. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, no, we have learned some <laughs> lessons building forward. Um, no, but I will say... In terms of 
personal impact. I know it's stupid to sit here and go, this situation that happened to two people and like how it affects me. But for no, me, well, like, let me stop that. Pause. Mm-hmm. Pause. No, wait. Let him finish. Oh, okay. Unpause. What? No. Play. What? Go Play, Keith. Finish okay. your thought. I was just going to... There's no comparison between parents getting divorced when children are young and still living in the house and when you're older and the children are off living their own lives. It's not as impactful, I don't think. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to I'm going to say something there. You are allowed to talk about how it impacts you because I'm talking about mm-hmm. to you as somebody I care about and as my friend. If you were to say it was harder on me than my parents, I might be like, all right, come on now. That's a little ridiculous. But it's true. Yeah that it does impact us. It impacts, there's ripple effects of that. The other thing I would say is, again, I do not have, I can't have a sliding doors moment. I've had my parents gotten divorced when I was younger because I, I can't know. But mm-hmm. based on what I know of how things are handled generally in an ideal situation or, or at least even an average situation, when kids are young and their parents divorce, there is support afforded to the children. It's like, oh, you know, typically it's, you know, the custody thing would be very difficult to homes. There's challenges of that. But at least they have, in theory, the benefit of people who are caring about them and wondering how it's impacting them. When you're an adult, you don't have that. It's for me, I was kind of a forgotten element of that. My extended family rallied around my mother, her extended family, which makes sense. And I wanted her to have that support. But because my mom and I had a fractured relationship, the assumption was made that I was only on my dad's side and I was poisoned by him against her. And they literally cut me off. I don't have any extended family on that whole, with the exception of one uncle that, you know, I think kind of saw through it all. But because I was an adult, my hope had been that they would respect me as an adult and respect my choices on how I was proceeding with both parents and why. But they didn't give, I got like the worst of both where I didn't get the support that a kid would get, but I didn't get the respect that an adult should get for making their own choices. And I think one of the other pieces is you lived your whole life observing them as a couple. And then at this like point in your life, they're not a couple. And your identity, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, is associated with them. That unit. That unit, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm Chip and Joni's daughter, right? That is a part of your identity. So when they separate from each other after you've had 30 years of the identity being associated with them as your parents, there is a significant impact where if you're younger, the potential exists that you are shaping these different identities, right? Because your part of your identity is that your parents aren't together and that you have two homes and that you maybe have two sets of parents that love you. And eight grandparents that love you, right? And and so like it's this exponential community Expansive. that that could potentially grow to support you because, like Laura said, ch- when children are younger, they are very much the focus and the center when these things happen. Mm-hmm. And so the grandparents are rallying, the aunts and uncles are rallying, you know, around the kids. But when the children are adults, even college-aged adults, how many times have you heard someone be like? Yeah, we're just going to wait for the kids to finish high school Mm -hmm. and then we're going to get divorced, right? Like we're going to let them get through all of their formative years of schooling and then we're going to rock their world. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think people come from a good place of saying, let's let's not do this to home thing. Let's not do this, that or the other. But I wonder (laughs) 
my public service announcement. If you're unhappy, a happier home for a child, even if it's two homes, is better than one unhappy or this like potential rocking of a foundation later. That's that's my take. I can't agree more with everything you both said. My after my preamble of like, I don't want to make this about me, but here, let me make it about me, was that <laughs> the biggest impact I've had was actually my identity being based on my dad. And my dad was a very singular guy. He had very specific ideas of how people should live their lives, specifically how his sons mm-hmm. should live their lives. And he, I, I can't tell you how many times I heard like, work hard, stay honest, and they can't take anything from you, you know? Spoken like somebody who probably had some things taken from him mm. in his life, but he really drilled us about personal responsibility, handling the oh, people. You're like, doing so it's yeah, like a betrayal of his values. This hits he, hard. It's it's worse than that because if you think about it, from my perspective, here's this guy who lived his life based on that credo and forced it into me and made me that person at the age of seventy, basically looking around and going, "Oh, I fucked up." Right. I I did this all wrong and makes this radical change and completely like since this happened, I guess the new woman has some money, literally been traveling the world. He's been going to Hawaii and Alaska. Mm. He's been on two cruises and all the things he never did in his life. He's now like cramming it in. That's the the part that rocked me the uh, most. It's like, well. oh my God, maybe I've been doing everything wrong too. Mm. And yeah. So I, again, not to make it about me, but that, that's, that phrase. What yeah, a that, mind fuck. That is a yeah. mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, can I also, I think in our earlier conversations, correct me if I'm wrong too, you've told me that you physically look like your dad. A lot. Yeah. I, I physically look like my mother who I do not have oh. contact with. Does that, does that get to you sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> do you like look in the mirror and go, oh God, oh God, oh God. But do you think that it means that there's some more than superficial link between like you take after them more i i have that idea that i'm more part my dad because i look like him oh like so you're like his image you're coming you're like in his image in terms of how you're yeah or if characteristics and traits are more than just the physical if you're saying like the the way of being Mm -hmm. yeah how you can we just pause Mm -hmm. here's the good news thank you yes please he, what he did was very not cool, though the radicalness of it was also a huge lesson for you. That, like, if you are not living the life that you want at 30 something, at 40, then now it's time. Did you notice that I just packed up and left Philadelphia and moved exactly. to Florida? And exactly. And the country a little bit? Mm, yeah. Exactly. That's it, definitely, it's like, that's part of it. So, embody those elements of Mm. him you know what i mean like he's even though he's no longer in the home or with your mom he's still showing you a way to live and be and some of that is something that you want to embody like even though it's counterintuitive to like what he instilled in you and growing up he's demonstrating something for you right now that you should also be paying attention to in how to live your life before you're freaking 70. Yeah. Mm. No, you're That's right. a good point that we don't need to take all of our parents. We can take the best parts of take our parents. Take the best parts of them. And leave the rest. Yeah. And then let's get <laughs> hooked up and, um, <laughs> and get you a sugar daddy stepdad. Uh-huh. And then, let's and then get her let's on start, a cruise, people. Yeah, let's get her on a cruise. Yeah. Let's, get her, let's get her jet setting. 
Exactly. That would make me happier than anything else would be to see my mom come out of this happy too. Yeah. What a freaking good son. Oh my God. As a mom of a boy, you are like speaking to my heart. This is so well, sweet. Speaking about moms, how about you, Laura? Is there happy ending there? Do you think that hmm. things could change while there's still time? I will say this. I'm always open to that. However, so I'll also say my standard is not perfection. Um, because I know that would be, first of all, not only is that not possible, um, but that's just not how I would ever have any expectations. That said, we had about 10 years of no con. Well, there's been a lot of shit done over the years between her and I that um, not the least of which trying to undermine my wedding. Um, she did not come to my wedding. I had to keep it a secret. It was a whole thing. Oh, Keith. Oh, Keith. Can we tell that story? That's oh, one day we can. You bet okay. we can. Um, she showed up without permission to the hospital when I had my first child lied past the nursing station to come back and see me. After wow. I hadn't seen her in years and years and years, I had just had an emergency C-section. And my husband intercepted her. So, like, there was a long period of, don't you fucking dare. Followed by some mediated counseling with the three of us at the end of which the counselor said good luck honey like i don't know oh. <laughs> um the uh mom if you're listening i know you follow me on socials you're probably gonna hear this and you may have a very different take and that is fair but this is my lens mm. of my reality on this um she embodies uh because she is old school italian you have that one dynamic you also have 100 percent italian by the way you also have the evangelical fundamentalist culture where God is on my side and everybody else is wrong and going to hell. And so when you put the family is everything, respect your mother. And if you don't agree with me, you go in hell. You know, you're wrong. You're very wrong. I'm always right because I am your mother. There is no there's a there's only allowance for me to be her carbon copy. And if I'm not, if I just take the best of her, but not all of her. There is no room for me. And that has been abundantly clear. Um, we have in recent years, my kids have had interactions with her. I remember introducing my first two kids to her at a certain point. We kind of built a little bit. Um, there was some acknowledgement on her part that she had done something wrong. Okay, great. I'll meet you. But the problem is for us, as she has, she doesn't respect me as a co-equal adult because I am her daughter. Um, I am not an adult. And so because of that, when I set a boundary and say, I don't like this, please don't do this. It turns into a huge fight and capital letters and scripture. And I, oh. I have to protect my peace. Um, I am sad for her. She doesn't have a relationship with my sister either, by the way. My family is a mess. I don't have a relationship with my sister and my mom. They are very similar. I think they share some, um, some mental health challenges. Yes. Mental yes. health challenges. My dad and I have a relationship. My dad is not perfect, but he is an adult who respects me as a co-equal adult. Yeah, he was dating your house, so. Yeah, you better. He better <laughs> kick his ass out. Um, I will, too. Right. Uh, like, uh, help you. Uh, good night. Turn off the gangster rap. Go to bed. Go to bed. Not kidding. This was my real experience. Oh my you God. guys. Like, it was your dad listens to gangster rap? When I was coming home from my days of teaching, here I am, Bert, you know, doing my job come home in the driveway and the house is like vibrating with music and I come in and he is listening to Dr. Dre. Yes. Not really gangster. Rap, and ironing his shirts to go to the club. That's right. He's oh getting ready. God. He was getting ready. No, and shirts, plural, 
plural right. shirts because he dances so much he's gonna sweat through a Can couple. He change exactly. Oh my god! I'm not kidding you. So, not perfect clearly, but he also apologizes when he fucks up, which is often, mm-hmm. and then we're cool. But that so, makes it that's a different dynamic, right? Yes, that, that's it is. like yeah. There's like a level of awareness, a level of consciousness, a level of respect and consideration. Like I, he knows that he's not perfect. He knows that you're not perfect, but you guys have that mutual regard for each other, yeah. and that yeah. that helps it work. Yes, it does. I'm more like him in that sense, in a lot of senses. Um, but all this to say, I would love to see a happy ending. However, I don't know how capable she is of change. Um, and I'm not willing to sacrifice my piece, uh, not only my piece, but also too, I am teaching my kids how to be in relationship or remove yourself from unhealthy relationships very intentionally. Um, we talk about it a lot and um, they know it, they understand it. And, you know, we'll see. We shall see. And so you don't you don't want to do something like give your kids the experience that Keith had, right, where you say things with your mouth. Mm. over and over and over right and then you do something radically different yes yeah no if you think that things aren't working for you being honest about it is better than the best trying to just go by the good parent handbook and do things that you think you're supposed to do as a parent when in reality you're questioning them yourself so Mm. and can we also just back up to not the parent aspect like relationships because before your parents were parents they were were in a relationship Mm -hmm. and they were people and so the children had very little to do with why their relationship didn't work out right the children were bystanders and witnesses to the devolving the evolving the ebbs and flows but that was happening between them Mm -hmm. and we can't forget that part if you're in a relationship that's not healthy for you then you need to do something differently and like he said be honest about it like you're teaching your kids then remove yourself change your location set boundaries yes give less energy yes right but it's like you need to do that for you because the children are watching you And so if you are acquiescing and contorting yourself to just stay in the relationship for them, then you're modeling for your children that this is how you have a relationship. You're showing them unhealthy behaviors and that's their example for a relationship. Yes. Yes. Another way I explain it to them is that, you know, I love Mimi. I want only good things for her. I have no anger or hate in my heart at all. But when we're together, we're not our best selves. Uh-huh. And I want to be my best self. I want to be the best mom I can be for you. I want to be the best Laura I can be for the world. And when I'm with her or when we interact, it's not the best Laura. Um, and so that's kind of another way I frame it. But it's that same idea. And I'm saying even the things that are that you don't say. That's what they're picking yeah, up, yeah, the yeah. nonverbals. It's the, those things that you don't say. So if you have those conversations with them and then keep putting yourself in a position where you're not your best self with your mom, then you're demonstrating a different behavior. And so you're teaching them that duplicity. Mm. Mm. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's like you have to be true to yourself as the adult. Because that's the best way that you can teach your children to be true to themselves. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. So how, I think I have a sense of how it impacted you when it first happened, you know, that it being this like, oh my God, like, first of all, probably some sadness, some like confusion, some anger, maybe towards your dad. Um, And feel free to tell me if I'm missing the mark there, if there's more you want to say, but how do you feel like it continues to impact you moving forward? It's been several years. Yeah. I don't want to give away your age, you young looking, adorable thing. (laughs) I'm almost 40. I'm happy to say that because I'm going to be almost 40 for the next 10 years. So yes, yes, (laughs) Um, we are peers. It's cool. I mean, you know, holidays are different. We have to, we have to hang out with the new woman. That was really difficult. Um, Do you call her the new woman? No, she has, she has a name. Yeah, I'm not asking you to name her, but like, yeah, I call her by her name. What is that relationship like? It's, my dad changed a lot um, since this happened. He's very much more interested, especially when it first happened. He wanted me and my brother to come see him more. He wanted to schedule things and hang out. He started saying, I love you. He started doing a lot of wow. things that he hadn't done for a long time. And it seemed like he was aware that this might impact our relationship and he didn't want to lose us. So we, my brother and I have made an effort to do both, right? So we might do Thanksgiving with my mom, but then we'll do Christmas Eve with dad and the new woman. The new <laughs> woman. shower remain nameless. Um, Voldemort. It's, we're, we're navigating it as best as we can. But my major concern when this happened was my mom better be taken care of. And so far she has, but he's paying the mortgage. And that's just my concern is that mm. this keeps up and there's going to be no more surprises, I guess. I, yeah. I just don't, if we can navigate it like this and hopefully my mom finds a way to build a life for herself after this, then it could be okay. Mm-hmm. But you're still mending and healing and piecing it together and figuring it out. I also get the sense that you're taking on a lot of worry for your mom. I am. She's sacrificed a lot for me and, and for the marriage. And she's at a point now where she's alone. There's no other way to say it. She's, she's in this two bedroom ranch house and she gardens, she goes to work and she has her dog and that's it. And I used to visit pretty regularly when I lived in the Northeast, but now that I'm down here, I'm not. So yeah, I mean, it, I feel for her. It's not more, yeah. she's really self-sufficient and super strong and smart. It's not worrying. It's just, I feel, I just feel for her. I wish that she had somebody. We're going to help. This is where the socials come in. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get, the, I get all that. You know, like when my parent, when my dad now needs a surgery, like it's not, you know, that that assumption that my parents would be able to take care of each other is not built in anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad has been dating somebody for as long as I've been married um, to the on and off again. And she helps out when they're together. She helps when they're not, understandably. Um, so there's that whole dynamic. I, we're cordial and we spent, I think, one holiday together. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, my own mother's problematic enough. I really don't need to make this more complex with somebody I'm not even related to. Somebody else that you're not married. You two are happy. I don't get it. That's great. Um, I will call you. Y'all do you. I will see you some other time. I will call you the other woman. I'll call you by your name. I'll send you a Christmas card. I I think, and she, and I will say recently, my dad got sick. My dad got COVID and I didn't, she, she was the one who told me, you know, she texted me and we kind of had this little triangle of communication for which I'm very grateful. Um, 
But it does mean that I'm the matriarch. I am the head of the family now, the way I conceptualize my family. There's no physical home to go back to. I don't have the hallmark. Let's go home for the holidays. My house is the home. (laughs) Wherever Uh I am is where the holiday is. Um, And that's kind of weird. And yeah, some sadness for how things have turned out. I can't imagine that either one of my parents would say today, yeah, you know, I think I'm pretty happy with how, like, I don't know that they have the happy ending, you know, like seemingly your dad is in a good place and happy and has made some changes. And I, I wish him good too, you know, but mm-hmm. I think my parents are more in your mom's camp of like, this is not how I expected my life to be. So. And somehow you all are like healthy whole mm. humans who are, you know, navigating life, you know, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> but even the fact that we're able to have this conversation and there's a level of like just consciousness and awareness of the difference between your feelings and the center around that, the experience of your parents, the harm that was caused between the way that it went down, Laura, with your mother kind of kicking your dad out and with your dad walking out on your mom. Yeah, we're haven't we have had no tissues. We had a lot of years, but there's like you guys are both in a really on a nice healing trajectory where you can talk about this in a way that may be cathartic a little, but also helpful to other people, because this is real. Just because you're an adult doesn't mean you stop feeling. It doesn't mean that you don't have emotions and um, that sadness and pain aren't part of it. You know, the my parents have been married for 46 years. If they got divorced, I would be devastated. Yes. Like just full blown. Full stop. Just full stop. Yeah. Because that has been my whole, that's so central to our lives, vacations and planning that that we do this five hams thing, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know what that is, but we'll talk about that another time. That's interesting. Five Five Hamilton. Five hams. That's cute. Five hams. Five hams. Um, Ham I am. I love that. (laughs) So I wanted just to call out that the place that you are moving in and toward is not staying in the pain and staying in the anger and the frustration. It's like you're both intentionally trying to move to a place where you can love and respect and interact with your parents, both of them, in in ways that you feel safe, comfortable and confident. And that's really a beautiful growth part, right? Like you're going to experience the pain. You're going to have the sadness. And some people get stuck there. Thank you. Uh, It took a lot of fucking work, a lot of tears. I have to shout out to all of my friends who were there through all the Kleenex years because there were Kleenex years. Whitney and Lissa and all the other people who were just like picking up pieces. I feel like every fucking time I turned around. Um. Thank you to Dr. Jones, who gave me my prescription for Lexapro in this time. I called him because my parent thing had already fallen apart. And then my husband, well, boyfriend then proposed to me and we got engaged and I was so happy. And then it was like, oh, my God, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to navigate this yeah. with my parents going through this mess? And so I called him one day. I was like, can you, you know, called his nurse. He calls me back and he goes, I've been waiting for this call. <laughs> Because he took care of my whole family and knew it was all imploding. Yeah. Uh, and so thank you, Dr. Jones, for sa- literally saving my sanity. Uh, and I still love that Lexapro to this day. Um, it, it took a lot. Again, it's not a 
let's do this. How about what advice we would give to someone who's going through this as an adult? Because this is going to continue to happen, especially post-COVID people being in close quarters and being like, what the fuck? I'm out. And people living longer and having another a second chapter, a third chapter of life. Uh-huh. What advice could we give? What encouragement? Maybe I hate advice, but like what encouragement could we give to other adult children of divorce who find themselves completely unmoored and like their foundation's been pulled? It's mm, a good question. I would say if possible, maybe lean on your siblings because friends, for me, in my experience, weren't super mm. understanding about it. They were like, okay, you're old. Your parents got divorced. Who cares? Well, um, yeah, but right. if you have a sibling or close friend who feels like a sibling, it's good to to share with them what you're feeling and figure out like, is this normal? <laughs> am, am I being irrational? Um, am I being too angry or too upset or too worrisome yeah just try and find somebody to lean on and also be honest with everybody involved just because a parent was great in a lot of ways it doesn't mean that their behavior is always going to be perfect and if they're doing things that you think are not good let them know don't be afraid to sometimes it can make a difference even if it's just this is how I feel. I'm not comfortable with this, or I'm, I would prefer if you did this. Um, just be honest. And you have a say for how that person interacts with you, mm-hmm. right? You may not be able to control how things shake out in a settlement <laughs> and yeah. all these yeah. other things, right? But you can control how on the terms with which, you know, mom or dad, I'm not comfortable with you talking to me about this. I need to protect my peace. I hear that you need to talk to someone. I think you should. It can't be me. Um, like those kind of things I think are so helpful um, to give language to that because it's really weird and hard to navigate and you feel like you, you know, can't be there for everybody or listening to one means you're taking a side and it's just complicated. Um, so take care of you because that's an important component. You're a fully fledged human and deserve kindness and care too. Um, so I, I agree. And your parents are people. Yeah. Which means mm. that they're flawed. They're not perfect. They're people and people make choices that are hard for you sometime, you know, but we have to remember that just like us, they're people and they're uh, imperfect. And even though we may have a picture of who we think that they are, that picture is still incomplete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great and way one, to... one more takeaway. Don't yeah. don't stay together for the kids please don't don't stay together for the kids because you could make it to 70 and realize you did it all wrong. Mm. Yeah. Reduce harm regardless of where you are, right? Regardless Mm -hmm. of what age, if you're unhappy now, I'm not saying, you know, you've had one rough day. That's it. Throw in the towel by any means. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm not pro divorce, (laughs) (laughs) but I will say if, if you know that this is not moving in the direction you want, do not belabor. Do what you need to do for you and and start setting up, spend that energy supporting and setting up systems of care for you and your kiddos. And be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, this was a great conversation. It was heavy, but good. Yeah. Thank you all for your honesty. I feel like I owe somebody $150 for the hour. <laughs> Not at but- all. No leather couches <laughs> involved. You are good. I don't take your copay. Um, yeah. Corey, thanks for listening to and being able to pick out the pieces that maybe we were too in the weeds to see that was helpful Mm -hmm. as well my pleasure
Thank you all for listening to Pushing Past Polite, where we talk about what matters and make the world more just. I'm Corey. I'm Laura. And I'm Keith. Thanks for joining us, Keith. (laughs) Thanks. Really, we appreciate your, your transparency and honesty. And we want this for you out there listening. If you are finding yourself in a similar situation or can relate to some element, talk to somebody you care about. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Pushing Past Polite. We encourage you to go deeper in your trusted spaces or find new space for good conversation. You'll find content to help you get started on our social media channels. We're at Pushing Past Polite on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Pushing Past Polite is an independent podcast with Corey and Laura from Just Educators. Our cover art was designed by Rachel Welsh de Iga of De Iga Designs. And our audio is produced by Keith at Headset Media. Until next time, don't get stuck talking about the weather. Push past polite. See you next time.